This is the West Michigan Sports Show, presented by the United States Air Force. Now, here's your host, Brandon Worth. It's Saturday, December 9th, and this is the West Michigan Sports Show, presented by the United States Air Force on News Radio WBRN. Brandon Worth joining you here this Saturday. Hey, Thank you so much, folks, for tuning in here for this episode. We also got to thank all of our great fans, as well as our sponsors, for making this show possible. Those include Johnson's Automotive Repair, the Schuberg Insurance Agency, Quality Car and Truck Repair, Alter Care Big Rapids, Parasol Sales and Service of Big Rapids, the Macasta Osceola Transit Authority, and the Macasta Osceola Career Center. Thank you all for your support of this program. We got a loaded show for you here today. We got it split half and half. The first half will go over the local sports scoreboard, some surprising results, and some really big moves only in week one of our combined boys and girls basketball season. Obviously, the boys starting a week earlier. We covered a little bit of their opening week last week. Now we'll get into the full week two for them, as well as opening weekend for girls basketball. Also got bowling as well as wrestling starting up, as well as all the other winter sports we'll get into to that all the sports and scores from around the area as well as in the second half of the show stick around i am going to be going into more of a talk show format we're going to be talking about a major issue that is really becoming apparent in high school sports and one that can be adjusted and certainly can be limited as long as we take the right precautions that is a very big topic right now and that would be the fan altercations that we've had at these games. So don't go anywhere. We'll talk about that. I'll give my perspective as a former athlete, now staff member working these games, and I'll give you the inside scoop on things, why these things are going to ruin sports, as well as why we need to adjust them quickly before it's too late. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But first, into the local sports scoreboard, we go. We're going to go all the way back to December 1st. That was last Friday. Of course, we recorded on Friday before the night's festivities. Uh, and there was a lot of great games that we weren't able to recap on last week's show, but we can right here. One of those being Big Rapids defeating Tri-County in CSA opening action, 64-54, your final big game for Gabe Jenga, as well as Ty Gilscheck, Kalen Canale lead the cards to an opening night victory. Tri-County's a team, though, as you heard on the rundown. If you haven't heard on the rundown, log on to BigRapidsDailyNews.com or WBRN.com, as well as you can check out on Facebook, especially at Big Rapids Daily News. You can watch the rundown all CSAA basketball coverage all season long. Myself, Joe Nagy, JT Scarpelli as well. He was absent this week, but he's been a little busy as of recently, welcoming a new member of the family. Congratulations to JT and company as well, uh, as well as we'll have Eric Etchison as well uh, after the holiday break, because he's really busy right now doing all of our great promotions here at the station for the holidays. Anyway, moving into some of the other scores, Central Montcalm falls to Reed City at home. 63-38, your final. The Coyotes get their first CSA victory last Friday, as well as Grant dominates Moe Stanwood 76 to 28. The Tigers absolutely blow out the Mohawks. Kent City beats Lakeview 56-25, as well as White Cloud falls to Shelby in non-conference action by 5, 51-46 there from Shelby. That's December 1st. We move ahead to December 4th in boys and girls hoop action. There was actually only one boys game uh, back on December 4th on Monday. That was Farwell against Lakeview. The Wildcats get their first win of the season, 48-19 over the Eagles of Farwell. In girls action, Reed City 
falls to Everts. 47-27, your final from Everett. Tri-County falls in a close one to the Lakeview Wildcats. 38-30, the final. Wildcats are the winner. Grant takes down Ravenna in non-conference regional action. 56-13, your final score there. As well as Chippewa Hills wins a nail-biter against Farwell. 41-37, your final score there from Remus. Final game on December 4th. White Cloud runs away with it against Mason County Eastern. The Indians hold Eastern to nine points, to nine points, 50 to nine, the final score there from White Cloud. Dominant win for the Indians program. Going back to last Tuesday, some of the most recent action in boys hoops, Grand Rapids West Michigan Aviation Academy hosted Big Rapids. I was there for that game. Kudos to all those that tuned in on WBRN. If you want all Cardinal coverage for basketball, play-by-play action, be sure you stay tuned. WBRN.com as well as you can be on the WBRN app as well as you can listen in live, 1460 AM 96.5 or 107.7 or aka the simplest way wherever you're listening to this podcast right now you can find those game broadcasts with myself as well as we'll have Joe Nagy as well be calling some games as well as filling in a really fun season ahead anyway Big Rapids gets the non-conference win 58-48 your final against the Aviators make it two straight against WMAA over the last two years as well as Greenville dominates tri-county 77 to 35 greenville might look like the real deal folks they are a legit district and even regional contender um, coming this year Hart and grant duke it out in a one possession nail biter at the end of the day it's the road team the tigers that get the victory 57 54 the final score there from Hart. Big, big win for that grant program. Look out. The Tigers are on their way up, and they're hunting for a CSA championship and even district championship caliber season this year. Montague defeats Nuego 68-48, your final for Montague, as well as Pine River knocks off Molly Stanwood in a local battle, 61-40, the final score there. The Mohawks fall to the Bucks. Reed City defeats Everett in dominating fashion, 66-25, your final, but certainly worth noting as well, a very nice gesture from the Reed City students as well um, as the fans that were able to honor the uh, Everett boys team that uh, unfortunately just went through a really, really tough accident uh, where their bus was hit and a couple of the players were injured, still not back with the team. All prayers up to those guys and especially the Wildcat program. Big kudos to them for still sticking it out for their town, for all their families and friends. Uh, They're certainly inspiring as well. And that certainly touched the hearts of all of us here in the central West Michigan area. So big kudos to Everett um, as well. Not necessarily getting the win, but that you're on the court already and you're playing for your guys. That's a win in our book any day. So keep it up, Everett. We're rooting for you. White Cloud defeats Mason County Central 53-42. Your final, the Indians keep it rolling as well as Big Rapids in girls action fall to Cedar Springs in their opener of the season. 42-30, your final. The Red Hawks beat the Cardinals in the Battle of Birds. Central Montcalm gets a huge win over Carson City Crystal 61-15. The Hornets stomp CCC in their opening game action. Tri-County falls to Greenville as Greenville makes it two straight sweep on Tuesday night. 60-25, your final score there. Moe Stanwood beats Pine River by a score of 63-29. to A lot of lopsided games uh, this week as well as Nuego gets the win against Montague and Oncon action 34-23 to round out the December 5th sports slate. Into the December 6th matchup, we had a couple of games as well. 
uh, on the basketball court. One really only notable to mention, uh, and that was Gladwin taking on Chippewa Hills, a battle of a football game, season opener a year ago before Gladwin, the Flying G's, went all the way to the state title. After beating Chippewa Hills, and they do the same on Wednesday, 78-46, the Flying G's take down the Warriors at home. Wrestling action, we do have a couple scores to report. Thanks to all those that entered in at MHSA.com. Big source for me getting a lot of these scores. So if you have that and you submit them all, I'll make sure to get your team in there uh, and make sure to get those shout outs for you, especially Chip Hills falls to Granville in dual scoring action, 43-27, the score there. So Granville gets a couple big matches wins that leads to an overall win against the Warriors, as well as Suspiria takes down Holland West Ottawa, 39-34, as well as they beat Nuego, 66-15 in the Toys for Tots double duel this past Wednesday. So those are all the scores to report, as well as bowling uh, in action as well. 22 to 8 and 20 to 9. Make sure I had those correctly for boys and girls bowling. Big Rapids takes down Lakeview uh, in conference action there on the bowling alley. So congratulations to them as well as we'll get uh, Big Rapids Cardinal hockey scores as well here in just a minute. Uh, but big thanks as well to all of those. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, the MHSAA site is a great source to be able to pluck these scores and be able to report them to you guys for all of those people that keep the scores in there and update them once the games are done. I give you a big round of applause and a ginormous thank you uh, for making that possible. It certainly means a lot to be able to highlight all these scores in this action for you guys, and you guys certainly help out and make it happen. Speaking of those hockey scores, we got them reloaded in the system for you. We'll go all the way back to November 17th, the start of their season, uh, where they fell to White Lake Lakeland, uh, 5-1 final there in the Sioux Elk Showcase, as well as in the nightcap game uh, the following day, Milford, they took on and beat 8-2 to two there in the finale of the Sioux Elk Showcase. 131 Challenge Cup was an ale-biter, and your Cardinals are winners. They take down the Vikings of Cadillac, 2-1 to one, your final score there. Uh, and then a regular season action, uh, Gross Point South, a 5-4 overtime thrilling victory for Coach Blaschel in the cards. Uh, they're back on November 24th. It was a nightcap game and certainly a fun one, if that, with an overtime winner. Unfortunately, the cards would fall two straight to St. Francis and Plymouth at home by scoring scores 9-1 and 8-0. Your scores there. Last score to report as well from actually it was reported today earlier on at 2 p.m. as they are going to be playing as of last night as you're hearing this live on the air. 8 o'clock um, or excuse me actually no it'll be happening tonight as you're listening. That's on Saturday. I misread the date here. That's December 9 which is Saturday night at 8 o'clock. They're up at Otsego County Sportsplex to take on Gaylord after earning a win yesterday against Gross Style 4-2, your final there from Otsego. So that's the local sports scoreboard for you. As we get to a break, we'll come back with a serious talk about how fan interaction might hurt the world of high school sports. Don't go anywhere. All right, we're back here on the West Michigan Sports Show, presented by the United States Air Force. Time to talk about a tough subject, tough topic fan interaction at sporting events, right? It's certainly one that has become prominent. It might not necessarily feel as prominent as like NIL, for example, um, or a lot of these rule changes, conference realignments, stuff like that, but it's still, still as effective as it is over the last couple of years. And we'll dive into what the implications are based on past data and as well as what we've seen right now in the present, what could lead in the future way down the line. But first, I'll give you kind of where 
I come from in this perspective. For those that know me personally, uh, I've really been on a lot of the different perspectives, and I'm starting to learn some even more as we go on. And especially for one primary, my perspective, uh, I'm a collegiate athlete. I played at the high school level, actually just up the road at Reed City High School for those that are locally in this area, in this uh, listening area on the airwaves. Um, So I grew up in a lot of different sports. I played five different sports in middle school, played four in high school. Uh, so I got a lot of different environment experience as well as a lot of game memories from uh, good and bad things, uh, certainly as every, every athlete does. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that I've certainly taken into consideration now being a high school athlete and getting to college is college, you see things are very much more amplified. And that's because of such a high standard put into sports altogether, right? If you're a collegiate official, you are supposed to get every call right at the end of the day. And unfortunately, they're not. And that's really the reality, right? How does this relate to high school? Of course, right? This is something that we have to kind of understand as fans and something that I personally am understanding right now. I'm in the same boat as a lot of the listeners out there, right? At the end of the day, I'm a broadcaster. I do a lot of these high school games. I'm doing coverage for you right now over the radio for these teams, right? I'm a fan just as much as you are. At the end of the day, I just prefer to do work while I'm watching the game compared to maybe just sit back and relax because I certainly never know when to relax. But the reality of it is I am experiencing the same thing that you guys are probably seeing before your own eyes in these contests, in these matches, in these games. And it's it sometimes is very obvious when something is called incorrectly or something in far as procedure is concerned, the order of operations of how something is called or necessarily how the structure of a game is going, that could be incorrect, right? We have to remember at the end of the day that these are people too, right? And we're kind of talking about officials specifically right now, but we're going to get into the other aspect that a lot of people aren't even thinking about. Uh, and I'm going to bring that up here in just a minute, but especially with officials, right? Uh, there's a quote out there um, from Ted Lasso. If anybody has watched Ted Lasso, it's fantastic. I mean, Apple TV sponsor for this podcast. No, probably not. But there's a great quote in Ted Lasso. Um, I believe it's from uh, Roy Kent. Uh, for those that know the character list, he's a former player, now coach for Ted Lasso um, for AFC Richmond. Um, but he's in a press conference and he is, he's asked a question about a player. Uh, actions on the field and uh, how he got into a tussle with a fan in the stands uh, in the, in as far as that episode goes. Um, and he kind of explains the story uh, behind how he make a joke about a teammate. He didn't know the context of really what that player was going through and how it really affected him knowing later on that what Roy had originally said to the man really hurt because something had happened a month earlier and he really had no idea and he couldn't fill the context of that, right? So there's a big time need to be able to know the context of who these people are in the situation they're in. There's no doubt about it. And the fact of the matter is when it comes to officials, referees, linesmen, umpires, no matter who it is, right? These are people at the end of the day too, right? Nobody at the high school level is doing high school officiating full-time. There's no way, right? They're not paid enough. There's not enough hours to work those games. Like you have to have the understanding that these are people too, right? I've gotten to know a couple officials, uh, one especially um, that I can shout out. I've talked to him uh, numerous times. He's a great supporter of my collegiate program, as well as a lot of the local sports teams. Kevin Courtney, he's one of the officials that has done a lot of the games in this area. And he is a farmer. 
at the end of the day. He has his own farm and he is going through life just as we are as fans, but he is officiating on the side because he wants to still be involved in these games and help teach these players what the game is inside and out and be able to really contribute to that experience by making it as equally and fair of an experience as he is, right? I mean, that's who everybody is at the end of the day that's officiating, right? They want to be a part of the game too, right? I've considered officiating. And to be honest, there's been times where I've wanted to officiate but I know mentally the stress of it right now for where we're at is going to really hurt. And that's why I kind of went away from that idea of officiating. Now I'm kind of on to different things in life, but I can certainly reconsider back uh, in a couple of years from now. But the matter of the fact is these are people too. And if you're harassing somebody because of their stripes, which oftentimes is the case, we're not going after the person individually. We're caught where we're going after what they are doing uh, in that moment, wearing the uniform and making the call. We're not mad at the individual person, but that's what you that's what you have to be able to understand of they are people you're attacking the person when you're continually doing this, right? And especially notoriously at the collegiate level, you get to know a lot of officials in the regional area. You know them by name, and sometimes you go out and name call. That's not, that's not appropriate in my mind at the end of the day. You might be able to argue against me uh, that it's different, but I've known plenty of people that harass officials uh, at the collegiate and even the high school level that know the officials by name, and it's just because they're holding a grudge against them because they might have had affected the outcome of one game based on one call, which I personally believe believe uh, is really a touchy subject when it comes to game altering calls, but that's a whole nother argument for another day. But at the end of the day, we have to understand that these are people at the end of the day, right? And especially with all of these studies that have been done, I found one that was done um, way far back in 2019, a couple years ago, um, by Sunny, which is the State University in New York. They had this interviewing session and survey done with a lot of officials in the New York area. I know it's not necessarily relevant to Michigan, but it is definitely relevant in the material, the substance in of itself, right? It's the same type of situation. And when they're what they're going through is obviously throughout the the age of officials, it's going up because the people that are committed are still going on, right? And you're starting to see officials uh, ranging from upper 50s to even upper 60s and even to the 70s. We're having a fit. We're not having that many young officials. Why? Because a lot of them, especially in this survey that was conducted, said the number one thing that officials have really kind of made apparent to a lot of these officials that are starting to get into it, want to try out, that the the, the biggest stressor, one of the 22 listed uh, stressors in this survey, you want to guess what the number one was? The conflict, the verbal altercation that can happen after a conflicting call. That was the number one, and it wasn't even close. I believe it was 48% of the top responses went to that one by itself. There were 22 options, and they all said the And half of every official that was interviewed and surveyed said the same thing. Over half, excuse me, just under half, 48% out of the 105, I believe, or 110, if I remember correctly, the number, every one out of two Officials said that was the number one stressor out of 22 options. That should appear that that is a major issue. 
an absolutely major issue, right? It's especially apparent in football. Uh, it is starting to get worse in basketball because of the nature of how close you are as a fan to the floor. And I think that is something we have to adjust. We have to just quickly, right? And especially with it. The fact is high school sports are starting to fade. Why? We talked a little bit a couple weeks ago, which if you miss out on any of these episodes, go on to WBRN.com as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get this show. You can go back and listen. I believe I, the, the title of the episode was officially in trouble. And that was um, a piece that I did similar in this format to completely about why sports are in jeopardy. It's because we're losing officials. And one of the reasons was because of this topic right here. And there's a reason why I wanted to make sure that this was brought up in this format, because the fact is it is a problem. We are losing officials. We are losing people that are interested in officiating because the harassment has gotten so, so high. And you remember that other thing I told you I was going to bring up? It's not necessarily even just fan to officiating. It's fan to fan. Even sometimes we know that you are rival schools. And when you show up to a gym that there's two fans on the floor, two uh, categories of fans, uh, maybe necessarily a third that's just there to watch a game. But more times it's not at the high school level, right? You have some affiliation with one school over the other and you want your school to beat the other school. Now, does that mean that you should go after the individual that is on the other side because of a call, because of something that maybe a player did on the floor that was an accident, or maybe it was just a little bit out of their character from doing that. The biggest things are the players are often the ones that do a really good job of being able to keep it together. There's been times where I will be completely honest. I, I won't sugarcoat and tell you that I've never wanted to punch another player on the opposite side, right? There's a lot of times where there is some dirty, uh, a lot, just a lot of really trying to instigate something, whether it's, you know, just putting an elbow in somebody's hips, right? Cause you're trying to win the basketball game at the end of the day, no matter what, it, what it costs, you're going to try to do it. So, and that happens, especially in the sport of football all the time. But the matter of the fact is, that's one part. The fans having more of a interaction with each other in a negative way just makes the environment that much more on edge. And it helps the players feel more apt to try to defend their fans by doing it back on the floor. And there's a lot of times even when coaches will go at it. And it's been a lot better as of years recently. There used to be a lot more coaches conflict, um, but we've done a lot better of a job of controlling that. And I think the coach has done a fantastic job of being able to keep it in check. Uh, but the, the reality is this. If we lose officials and we lose fans because of some of these instances where people are getting escorted out of the gymnasium, we have player fights on the floor. These things are going to happen and there's going to be considerable safety issues that will arise and we we'll, won't know if we're going to have high school sports again. And to be honest, if that happens, I will be very ashamed that that is the reason because that is something we all can control and that is something that we can all get better at because at the end of the day, we want our kids to succeed. We want our athletes to do their best on the floor. So let's keep them on the floor as much as possible and let's keep them in the game. Let's not get them outside of their minds for what's going on around them, but the game themselves because that's what matters at the end of the day. And that's what I have to say about that. Thank you very much for tuning in here to the West Michigan Sports Show. Stay tuned next week. You can tune in 3.33 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Start time for this show as well as 3.03 for Behind the Bulldogs, a very state sports podcast before. But until next time, Brandon Wirt signing off on the West Michigan Sports Show. We'll see you later.